Hello and welcome to the NFL Blitz. Coming up on today's show, week three of the NFL season reviewed. The Rams nearly completed 28-3 comeback against the Bills, but Buffalo managed to not be Atlanta and get the win. We look at the Jets, Giants and Falcons and question the future of Gase, Gettleman and Quinn. Plus two what's are better than one, falls in Chicago and another wrong lock. That's opening up on Wednesday's NFL Blitz. And welcome to the show today. I hope you're doing well. I hope this podcast finds you in good health as per usual. You know, when I thought we should do locks on the show last year when I was prepping this show for University Radio York, I, I thought it'd be really fun. I thought it'd be interesting to see like which games we absolutely guarantee victory in. And I'll be honest, I am not enjoying it now. If you remember, I locked the Arizona Cardinals against the Detroit Lions. The game will get on to later, but good God. I'm just not very good at this, am I? But again, I don't know how many of us are good at this. When looking back at our predictions this week, I will say, and I'm not going to spoil it yet, one of us did really well, the other two, not so much. Remember to go to anchor.fm forward slash the NFL Blitz if you want to see where you can find this podcast, but to be honest, you're already listening to it, so I assume you know how to find this podcast already. It's on most major podcast platforms, if ever you want to like, you know, mix it up a bit. And remember to go to the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com if you want to read more sports content and more NFL content. And remember, we have a dedicated NFL Blitz section you can find by clicking on articles and then clicking on the NFL Blitz, including having the week three power rankings, which you can now read at the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. Okay, let's get started with the NFL Blitz then today. And joining me, one co-presenter this time, Josh, hello. Hi there, how are we? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, Good weekend all round. I don't see any reason to complain. Everyone's had a wonderful weekend this weekend. Except for us, and I don't know the exact um, numbers, but I feel our predictions were exceptionally off this week. Oh, no, 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 no. One one of us did brilliantly. Well, I would say brilliantly. That wouldn't happen to be the one person who's not here today, would it, by any chance? Well, do you want me to save it, or do you want me to just go through them now? Should we go right off the bat and get into it? Okay, so prediction results then. Josh, 13-2. and two. What? 13-2. and two. Okay. Because you said Chiefs to beat Ravens, Dolphins to beat Jaguars. I think there was another one, but... No, they're the only two you went on by yourself and got correct. Oh, nice. But... Yeah, me and Will both went 10-5, and and of course, one of us got an incorrect lock. (sighs) That surprised me, I'm not going to lie. I think that was coming off the Chiefs-Ravens game, and uh, looking down... No, actually, now I look at them properly, they're not too bad at all. Um, Mm. Although I did pick the Chiefs, but I think I might have said at the time, don't don't quote me on that. that, that could really, really go the other way. Yeah. I did quote you on it and you were correct. <laughs> so, the actual proper standings, you've now moved into the lead. 32 and, 34 <gasps> and 13, I apologise. 34 the, and 13. The comeback is on. Me and Will, both two games behind 32 and 15. But of course, Will has a better lock rate, I guess. Can we end the it. season now? No. Oh. <laughs> anyway... So, before we go into the podcast properly, three things I want to talk about. First of all, last week on the Two Minute Drill, we talked about Bayern Munich 
and how unstoppable they were and invincible they were, they they might have lost to Hoffenheim on Sunday. Um, just maybe, maybe just a little. So so we have jinxed them. What? What? They were completely outplayed as well. Four I don't know if you... one. Yeah. Oh my. That that's. That is not a, decept- a um, deceptive scoreline either. They really were outplayed that much. I, I have. I, I'm genuinely speechless. Uh, Bayern don't lose at all, let alone to Hoffenheim mm. and by that scoreline. That's. But, I wish I'd caught it. That's an absolutely fabulous game. Yeah, Andres Kramaric, absolutely for my money, the man of the match, and they just kept going route one, and it kept working every time. Is Cranbridge the one who used to play for QPR? No, Leicester. Leicester, that's the one, Leicester, yeah. yeah. By the wow. way, I, w- I was going to go into more detail about a game from college football, which we've never done before, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Texas 63, Texas Tech 56, which I- I've never seen a score like that. It was after overtime, but that meant the game was tied 56 all at the end of the fourth. Alexa, what is end-to-end football? <laughs> wow, that's... But Texas yeah. Tech were up 56-41 with three minutes 13 remaining in the fourth quarter and drew 56 all to lose 63-56 in overtime. They had a 99.8% chance of winning, which I thought would be by far the biggest comeback turnaround shock of this week, but... No, 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 no. So yeah, unbelievable game, and maybe don't pay the NCAA ever because they're awful. But if you can find the highlights online, I would recommend it because if you want to find out what defending isn't, it's a great game for that. Watch that game, sure. Yeah, and if you want to see what a collapse is, it's a great game. Watch for that game, games. sure. Fifty-six <laughs> forty-one with three minutes thirteen remaining in the fourth. That that's just. It shouldn't be possible. You should lose your scholarship for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning who have beaten the Dallas Stars to win the Stanley Cup. Nice. I think we both said... In fact, I think, if I go back, I think I said Lightning in six. Which I... You might have done, yeah. I remember you were quite confident about that one. I think is spot on. Yeah, Lightning in six. Congratulations. Woo! <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not even going to go back and check now. I'm happy. Was just, was just say that's what I said. I definitely, Fair. I definitely said it on the day where I had to delete the recording because I noticed that the Stanley Cup final hadn't even been decided yet. So <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that as a win. Anyway, let's go into our first game then. Los Angeles Rams 32, Buffalo Bills 35. It might have been a lot harder than expected after a strong start, but the Bills go three and zero after holding off a spirited Rams comeback. Both quarterbacks had a good game. Josh Allen with 311 yards, four touchdowns, and a pass rate of 128.9. Jared Goff threw 321 yards, two touchdowns, and had a pass rate of 111.6. Quarter to eight, UK time, on our chat, I said, wow, the Rams game truly is no contest. Which is another thing I jinxed. You are just a walking... I don't know. Yeah. Then again, then again, lightning in six. (laughs) Guessing. Maybe it's just certain sports. Your jinx has magic. (laughs) This is a a, a weird one for me. It's not often you see a team score, what was it, 29 points in the 
second half of a game and not come yeah. away with something. Um, pretty ridiculous. This is a uh, a Bill side which looks exceptionally robust. And they're going 3-0 in a division where you have an exceptionally weak in Patriots, a Dolphins side which hasn't got the start it, it wanted and is certainly lacklustre, especially on defence. And the Jets are the New York Jets. Need I say more? <laughs> so jetting along. Yes. So on this performance, okay, if if you're you know, um, if you're the Bills, you're not going to be happy with the amount of points you can see in that second half for sure. But you're three and zero now, and they have to be looking to win this division. And the Rams could have actually won. They were very close to winning, but a late pass interference call on fourth and nine with what was about 30 seconds remaining turned the game around. It gave the Bills first and ten. They obviously scored a touchdown on that play. So it was 21 seconds remaining. Um, Darius Williams being adjusted with interfered there. Was was it pass interference? Uh, not at all, uh, at least not yeah. for me anyway. Uh, one, the ball and the pass thrown is nowhere near either of them. Mm. So uh, I don't see that. Uh, like, I think uh, holding it best. Yeah. But e- even then, that. that would be, uh, okay, I can see that and that'd be fairly standard. But there's no reason to, to expect anything more than that. And... Uh, his eyes aren't even on the ball. There's no, mm. there's no action to, to to go for it, let alone being anywhere near the ball. So yeah, yeah. Um, very surprising. What would we be talking about though if, let's say, that pass interference call wasn't given and no penalty sure. was given, and the Rams won out with a thirty-two twenty-eight win? What would we be talking about now? That brilliant comeback and yeah. the the amount of not unanswered points, but the ability to really go down the field and put points on the board in the second half and the pressure's on. Um, Jared Goff had uh, a fantastic game, really. Yeah, um, 23 for 32 for 321 yards with two touchdowns. Okay, an interception, but to, to be consistently good in that second half when the pressure's on you is, is a really good mm. showing. And even when they were behind, by the way, the title for the episode would have been 28-3 to 3 is cursed. Because <laughs> the Bills up 28-3, losing like that. But I I think even before that, I, I can't remember the start exactly, but when they were down 28-3, they still hadn't punted. Like, at no point had they punted. Like, That's which remarkably is Either means they're it? going for incredibly stupid fourth down plays, which I don't think they were. No. Or they're moving the ball up the field consistently and then something... Yeah, I, I don't know, but it, it's hard to wrap my brain around. But that's what somebody else said, and I'll be honest, this wasn't my main game. At that's fair. For obvious reasons. I mean, Aaron Donald had a really good game as well. Uh, yeah. Two sacks, uh, really put pressure on uh, Josh Allen. Um, so, yeah, actually, I didn't think it was a bad Rams performance per se. Mm. But then to have to be in that hole in the first place and try yeah. and dig your way out... Uh, shows your suspect on the other side of the ball. It is also worth mentioning as well that before that pass interference call on the last drive, there were two third and forevers that the Rams gave up first downs on, which for me is absolutely inexcusable. Um, we'll get to third down later on. But, <laughs> <sighs> just but yeah, that, that's that sort anyway, of catalogue yeah. of errors. Um, mm. You shouldn't be making them with that consistency when you're a top, top side. 
Yeah, or absolutely. you're trying to be a top side. According to Pro Football Reference, Josh Allen is the first quarterback since Johnny Unitas to have four-plus passing touchdowns and a fourth-quarter comeback in back-to-back games. Johnny Unitas. That's that's really something, isn't it? That really um, is something. I mean, I really wouldn't put Josh Allen up there in that sort of company, but um, yeah, uh, fantastic stats. Bav away, bav away. Quarterback called Bobby Lane, very successful, played for the Detroit Lions, won three championships with them. This is pre-Super Bowl. Gets traded to the Steelers because the Lions have decided they're fed up of his, we'll call it extravagant lifestyle sure. um, of partying all the time. And the Steelers decide that because they've got this Bobby Lane at quarterback, they're set, they're going to roll out the championships, they don't need to bother anymore, and they decided to release two quarterbacks who were on their roster at the time. Those quarterbacks were Johnny Unitas and Len Dawson, two Hall of Famers (laughs) on their roster. They let both of them go, and surprise, didn't do well afterwards. This is how you do business, guys. <laughs> or, 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 or not. Though, then again, that led to them getting having an appalling record, 1-13 in 1969, getting the first overall draft pick in 1970, drafting Joe Green and Terry Bradshaw, and the rest, as they say, is history. So, Swing I don't know how I, I spun that into a story about the Steelers, but I did. <laughs> Yeah, by the way, did you see... I can't remember who caught it. It might have been Stefan Diggs, but uh, the Rams' this... defence in the first quarter that went missing. Was this the um, four yards uh, put, uh, touchdown which put uh, Buffalo up 28-3? I, I think there was think so, yeah. eight minutes eight minutes but and five seconds left on the clock, they, third quarter. They didn't exist. They, they just weren't there. Yeah. It was fascinating. It, this was a point where... Um, the game was sort of a bit of a blowout, and yeah, the Rams I think when I sent absolutely cut through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, after that, of course, Goff leads them on four consecutive drives, but at that point, they were a different side. Yeah, yeah. So promising signs to both teams, worrying signs to both teams. I think is how you'd sum this game up. The Los Angeles Rams are two and one. They host the New York Giants next week. The Buffalo Bills are three and zero. Oh. They travel to the Las Vegas Raiders. Chicago Bears thirty, Atlanta Falcons twenty six. Oh dear, it's happened again. The Falcons had a ninety nine point six percent chance of winning. Up 16 against the Bears late in the fourth. But Nick Foles came in for Mitch Trubisky. That was before that part. And got three touchdowns. He turned it around for the Bears to keep their perfect record. The Bears' perfect record. Wow. No, that's not words you use in the same sentence. Even Matt Ryan couldn't help with a passer rating of 67.7. Though, I will say Todd Gurley did look more like his past self, rushing for 80 yards. By the way, um, AJ Terrell of the Falcons tested positive for COVID. Um, What happened is... He, he showed up um, as positive on a test on Thursday. They conducted further tests on Friday. On Saturday, they came back positive as well. There were three different tests, all came back positive. They then immediately tested everyone who we'd been in close contact with. They all tested negative on multiple tests, and we decided the game would go forward. So it shows that the NFL's testing capabilities are at least um, good. Yeah, for sure. By the way, according to Stats and Info on Twitter, which... 
unique name, the Chicago Bears are the first team in NFL history to win two games in a single season where they were trailing by at least 16 points entering the fourth quarter. They've done it twice in their first three games. Of course, they did it against the Lions in week one as well. Mitch Trubisky was benched for Nick Foles and Nick Foles had a really good game. Yeah, for sure. A bit, a bit annoying though for him. He could have had five touchdowns because the first two were overturned. His first one was overturned for an interception because they decided that the... In fact, no, was it wasn't an interception, was it a touchback? It might have been a touchback. Then the second one was overturned for an interception. But it, it were two where it completely wasn't his fault. They put on great... He, he put them online, perfect, great throws into the end zone. And the receivers decided they didn't want to bother. I mean... Yes. Who even cares? Who even cares? No, rather not. I'm particularly so, bothered. So the question is, was sure. the comeback due to Nick Foles or the Falcons being the Falcons? I would say both, but... um, I mean, I'm not being funny. When you have 20 announcing points in the fourth quarter, that's <laughs> on you. That's yeah. not on, your, on, on the offence of the opposing team. Um, Nick Foles did well, but, I mean, 16 for 29s... I mean, it's okay. It's not. Mm. It's not. Stellar. But I'll be honest. He came in immediately, looked calm and collected, played without any pressure, and you know was able to make the throws he needed to immediately. He didn't look like a man who had just been shoved into an offense. He looked like a man who was Fair. very ready to execute that offense immediately. Though I, I, mean, I, I obviously yeah. wouldn't say. Sorry, I wouldn't. I obviously wouldn't say that Nick Foles is the long term answer. No. Um. And honestly, I feel like this has a little bit more to do with the Falcons. Than anything else, not to take away from the Bears three and zero, which is kind of shocking in itself. <laughs> uh, but things seemed bad for Atlanta, didn't they, last week? Yeah. And somehow Atlanta have gone and made it worse. I'm not <laughs> sure how they managed to do that. Um, I think Dan Quinn is under an awful lot of pressure. Um, yeah. An awful lot of pressure. Um, I think he's gone already. Yeah. Um, I, what I was think this last year? When yeah, when sure. Arthur well when Arthur Blank gave him the extra time, it very much seemed like it was a last chance sort of thing. And then you hear reports that they disagree about the the Cowboys game and how that panned out. And I I, I don't see how this lasts much longer. To be honest, no, it's definitely uh, gone by the end of the year. Unless of course oh, they now win sure. their next thirteen straight by scores of fifty nil, then maybe. Which obviously is going to happen, yes. Yeah, and what was even more worrying for me is that when you look at last week, it very much seemed like whilst the offence did well, the collapse was purely on the defence. This time the offence could... Matt Ryan couldn't buy a pass towards the end of that game. They couldn't run, they couldn't pass, they couldn't do anything on either side of the ball. They looked completely hopeless. So it, it's somehow getting even worse. And at least against the Cowboys, you can say, well, at least they're talented. But the Bears, despite them being 3-0, are not the best side in the NFL. This this shouldn't be happening. No, it shouldn't. Um, you surrender a 16-point advantage in, what, six and a half minutes? Something yeah. uh, along those lines to a backup quarterback. Let's not be, you know, let's, there's yeah. no two ways about it there. You did well, like you say. But um, UK, you allow... Dallas to come back last week. Um, you allow Chicago now. <sighs> I mean, 
I, I um, think this is bordering on them needing a complete rebuild, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Dante Fowler after the game said it doesn't get uh, worse than this. No. Um, and that they found the two worst ways you can lose a football game, and he's probably right. Um, it's... Oh, God, do you remember mm. 101 Ways to Leave a Game Show on BBC One back in, like, 2010? Yeah, that's a throwback. By the way, sure. I loved that show. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> but this is 101 Ways to Lose a Football Game at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it... Was it 28-3 they surrendered in the Super Bowl as well? Yes. Like, that, that's right. It was, I was really looking forward to naming this episode 28-3 is Cursed, but I can't it, now. I mean, um, yeah. Nick Foles is also completely controversially right. Been named as the starter for week four by Matt Nagy. Correct move. Looked better than Mitch Trubisky has. Even when they went two and zero and were yeah. you know struggling against the Falcons, he didn't look good. Despite him saying that the benching was a complete shock, mm-hmm. which also proves he wasn't injured. The Chicago Bears are three and O. Oh. Okay, they're hosting the Indianapolis <laughs> Colts. The Atlanta Falcons are O oh and three, and just because the the football gods love them, they travel to the Green Bay Packers on the Monday Night Football. Who made them prime time? Um, a weirdo. They're, they're not prime time. No, they're the, not. There's someone in the NFL office who must have scheduled this. It was just going. Oh no! Why did we? No, if someone who just wants to, Why yeah. Actually, you know what? I have no answer to that. Just looking at the uh, the Falcons roster. Sorry, um, they played without six starters. Um, I think this week, and they're still missing Julio Jones, um, uh, Kleber Gary, uh, Tap McKinley. There's, I can't. There's a whole host of people who were off-graded Jarrett. He went off in the second half of this game. They lost Russell Gage. Uh, I mean, f- for a team that is 0-3 and 0-2 uh, and and at home, that's the last thing you need is a depleted roster. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Quinn is the first to go this year. Yeah, especially because the Jets just don't seem as competent. By the way, did you know that Woody Johnson, I guess that's his name, one of the co-owners of the Jets is current US ambassador to the United Kingdom. So found out what? that found. Wow, right? that's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So whilst he's ambassadoring, I guess that's the term, <laughs> he will also be making decisions for the New York Jets. Um, I wouldn't have confidence in him in either role if this is how the Jets are <laughs> performing. <laughs> Well, apparently the decision will be his brothers. Anyway, Dallas Cowboys, 30... That's um, on the Jets, not on ambassadorial duties. Dallas Cowboys, 31. Seattle Seahawks, 38. A last-second interception from Dak Prescott sealed the win for the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson keeps up his MVP form with five touchdowns and another game with a pass rating of over 130. Dak Prescott's two interceptions put a mark on his 472-yard game. He was not helped by Ezekiel Elliott and his 2.4 yards per carry... Great, whilst conceding a safety. By the way, there's one thing we have to mention, first of all. Mm-hmm. It's DK Metcalf, who Woo! very much 110 looked yards. Like... Oh, no, I wasn't talking about that. Um, um, very much looked like he hadn't had... He, he has a coffee, if you don't know, called Decaf Metcalf. He very much looked like he hadn't had any caffeine, for he was completely unaware of um, 
Stefan Diggs's brother, I can't remember his first name, Tra- Trayvon Diggs, I think, um, behind him as he danced his way towards the end zone and had the ball smacked out of his hand. <laughs> it was very much like, if you if you remember the Cowboys in the Super Bowl against the Bills the first time around, Leon Lett and his sort of, um, him celebrating before he'd go into the end zone and having the ball smacked out of his hand by Don Beebe. It's, it's fitting as get. well. Leon Lett is an assistant for the Dallas Cowboys at the moment. So Leon Lett could have gone over, put his arm around DK Metcalf and said, look, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. And actually, if you remember as well, the snowball, no, that wasn't called the snowball, was it? But the Cowboys against the Dolphins on Thanksgiving, when um, <laughs> they, the Dolphins have the field goal and it was blocked, and then Leon Lett bloody touched it, touched the ball, which allowed the Dolphins to recover it and kick again. <laughs> he mm, great player made many many mistakes, but anyway, yeah. Apart from that, you you did say DK Metcalf 110 yards. Impressive. I did. Yeah. Game. I mean, in four receptions as well. That's efficiency for you. Uh, a touchdown as well. Uh, Russell two. Wilson for sure. Um, Russell Wilson doing Russell Wilson things. Um, it's looking like I would pay out if I was a betting company at this point for MVP. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, 14 carries, 34 yards. Uh, not, not fantastic. And um, in that his... safety was on him. Yes. Uh, for sure, it's... <sighs> this was closer than I thought it would be, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. I thought the Seahawks would run away with it a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, DK Metcalf is not going to want to relive that highlight anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, should Tristan Hill have been ejected for his play on Chris Carson? Your options are yes, definitely, absolutely, and yup. Well, out of that massive variety of opinions, I think I will be going with absolutely, yeah. You you know it's Uh, bad. The the Cowboys uh, fans, they stand up for their Cowboys. They will defend them. As, as much as they can even the Cowboys fans are going nope not not nope. defending that because it was it, I mean it was vile it's a sort of it's, you don't want to see by me NFL it's unprofessional it should result in a very long ban it was awful you'd hope so if, if I were if I were the Cowboys just to save face I'd be disciplining him internally which mm-hmm. I don't think has happened yet but really needs to happen soon because that's the sort of thing that can ha- end in severe injuries and Let's. Well, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was deliberate. It was an attempt to shake up an opponent, maybe injure him, and no, it shouldn't. No. It's completely unacceptable. It is worth mentioning about the Dallas Cowboys. If they hadn't faced the Falcons and their imploding ways, they <laughs> would now be 0 three. If if the Falcons hadn't imploded, the Cowboys would be 0 three. Yeah, I think we said at the start of this season in our previews that the Cowboys would be the most underwhelming side, and yeah. They are doing nothing to correct us. Um, this is a side which is uh, has some really good attacking talents, um, Zeke and Dak especially, and they are just not doing the business. Yeah, absolutely. Russell Wilson has become the first quarterback to throw five or more touchdowns in two consecutive games since Big Ben in 2014. So again, real MVP form from the quarter. I mean, at this point, it almost seems like no contest, especially when you... 
when anyone ever talks about Russell Wilson MVP, they always say, and he's never even won it. In fact, I don't know if he's even been voted for it. Which is Which is a massive crime. crime. And I yeah. think that, that compiled onto his stats this year means he should run away with it. Yeah. I mean, we said it last year. We said he should win MVP. He didn't even get a vote. We've called him our best player in the NFL this year. And I we mean, are right. The NFL we are right. is wrong. All of the power in the NFL should land with us. By the way, great news. Shaquem Griffin, the one-handed player, played in this game. He had a great game as well. Pete Carroll has confirmed he will play against the Dolphins because, and I'm quoting here, he's earned it, unquote. So, absolutely fantastic and inspiration for all of us. The Dallas Cowboys are 1-2. and two. They host the Cleveland Browns. You've got to win that game. The Seattle Seahawks are 3-0. and oh, They travel to the Miami Dolphins. Looking your, forward to are, that one. Are your three starting cornerbacks out? Or your three best cornerbacks, I should say? Are they still out? Because um, if they are, then good luck with that. I believe so. Let, yeah. let me just have a quick check. Well, Javen Howard is out. Byron Jones is out. No, I think I think that's it. I think only Javen uh, Howard and Byron Jones are definitely out. But, I mean, that's still pretty horrendous. Kansas City Chiefs 34, Baltimore Ravens 20. Patrick Mahomes had another incredible performance. 385 yards, four touchdowns and a pass rating of 133.5 as the Chiefs remain perfect. Lamar Jackson was nowhere close in the air with just 97 yards passing. A rating of 73.1. He did lead the side in rushing with 83 yards. We say, you know, Lamar Jackson rushed for what? Was it say 84 yards? 83. 83. So what? How dare you be that wrong? So what, honestly? Yeah. Um, like, I know we talk about him all the time as a dual threat, and he is possibly the best um, dual threat quarterback in the NFL at the moment, but if you can't put it, you know, do the business in the air, and if you can't compete with Patrick Holmes, which I admit is a massive ask, then... You know, are you really up there with the best with Wilson and Mahomes, really? It is <sighs> It is worth mentioning as well that Pat and Lamar Jackson has four regular season losses. Three of them are to Patrick Mahomes. That comes from football analysis on Twitter. <laughs> I did I did like the Devin doing a um was there a punt return for touchdown? Um but apart from that, I don't think I have any positive note on the Baltimore Ravens on this game. The wide receivers for the Chiefs kept getting so wide open. Mm-hmm. They had acres of space at times. J.K. Dobbins, just 38 la- yards, um, led the Ravens in receiving, which for a rookie running back to lead your team in receiving and it'd be just 38 yards, that's incredibly worrying. And like I said, sure. it's not like Jackson was rushing the ball a lot. He he was the lead rusher, he had 83 yards. And the Chiefs might have been nowhere near as good in the second half, I would say, but it, it didn't matter. Two two things, obviously, to mention. Mahomes' shuffle pass to Anthony Sherman was one of the best things I've ever seen. It was just so casual. Yeah. He he, he that, That's the great thing about Patrick Mahomes, is that he plays without any pressure. Mm-hmm. He's just he does, enjoying himself. He looks it, it leads to better play. Calm and confident, and it's not just the uh, um, the mass amount of yards and the four touchdowns. It's, it's like the way he went about it was something quite impressive. You know, he was in and out of the pocket and you know a few sidearm passes like you say shovel pass this was a 
a, a, a masterclass display. This was almost an exhibition from Patrick Mahomes. And like you say, he paid without pressure, um, didn't look stressed at any point, really. And uh, you'd have to say he outperformed Lamar Jackson across the board. Um, I mean, apart from rushing, but... Yeah, but it kind of didn't matter. No, this is the point. I said, so what, earlier? And yeah, it doesn't particularly matter yeah. when you can do that with your arm and in the air. I and mean, you've got receivers who can get into those positions, then yeah, exactly. What's the point? And I think we've discussed the Ravens in earlier podcasts and said at some point they need to stop choking. Well, this isn't a choke, but they need to step up a gear. They've needed to step up a gear for about four or five years now and they haven't done it yeah they're still struggling against the best of the best that's, sure. that's their big problem by the way Mahomes threw a touchdown to Eric Fisher which was my favorite part of everything um this week because <laughs> Eric Fisher caught a touchdown pass guys I mean unbelievable and Patrick Mahomes is the fastest quarterback to reach 10,000 pass I like how I str- okay Patrick Mahomes is the fastest player to reach 10,000 passing yards. I like how I vote quarterback, which implies that there might be a running back who's done it faster mm. or wide receiver. Derek Henry has entered yeah. the chat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Patrick Mahomes, fastest quarterback to reach 10,000 passing yards. Absolutely incredible. Peter Schrager, Patrick Mahomes, career numbers in September, 31 touchdowns and no interceptions, and he's never lost, which is just terrifying, to yes. be honest. The Kansas City Chiefs are three and zero. Oh, they host New England Patriots next week. The Baltimore what Ravens are two and it will be a. Uh, Baltimore Ravens are two and one. They travel to the Washington Football Team. Tennessee Titans thirty one. Minnesota Vikings thirty. A late interception from Kirk Cousins was enough to seal a one point win for the Titans in a game that was probably too uncomfortable for Thrable and Co. Both quarterbacks had a game to forget, but the running game was strong for both. Dalvin Cook ran for 181 yards and a touchdown, whilst Derek Henry ran for 119 yards and two touchdowns. Gabe Henderson on Twitter, Justin Jefferson is the first Vikings rookie wide receiver with 100-plus receiving yards in the first half since 1998. Do you know who that rookie was? I don't, but you're probably going to give on, me a name that I will Vikings. Oh. It's easy. No, don't do this to me. First one since Vandy Moss. Of course. Um, and Ju- and Darwin Cook had a career game as well. And this is my big worry. Jefferson had a great game. Cook had a great sure. game. And they still lost. I mean, That's... what... Your, your, your best players and some of the better players in the NFL are having career games and you still lose. That tells me that you're shaky on defense and you're not you're you're so fragile actually that when like you say you're having your offense with career games that that it's not that that doesn't matter but they can't drag you out of that hole they can't paper over what are quite deep cracks in that defense for vikings yeah, and by the way, the Titans' three wins have come by a grand total of six points thus far, so yay. Um, they're 3 0, they're not going to complain. Complain, but, sure. Yeah, I think we've been a bit leaning on the Vikings thus far, saying, oh, well, they're 0 2, but, you know, they're going to get it. They're going to turn it around uh, eventually. Up, They've got yeah. too much talent. I, I don't think they will at this point. They are playing like an 0 3 side. For sure, and I, I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if they went eight and eight or something. I wouldn't worse be surprised than if they went maybe 
five wins at this point, to be perfectly honest. They, yeah. they seemingly have too much talent to do it, but they're not utilising that talent in the slightest. At least at least Kirk Cousins has now started throwing to Justin Jefferson, which hasn't happened before. He was relying it's too much on Adam Thielen. Yeah, so, you know, progress. And at least now they're not being completely outplayed by the Indianapolis Colts, which... Mm-hmm. Progress, I guess. By I the mean, way... Uh... The most okay. frustrating part, sorry, the most frustrating part of the entire game for me was Yannick Ngokwe stripped Ryan Tannehill and instead of trying to get the ball, which was on the ground, sure. celebrated. Oh, God. Stupid person. Is this the week of premature celebrations, perhaps? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's... the week of premature statements. I mean, the Rams are being completely outplayed, guys. <laughs> Are we going to talk about Goskowski's performance today? Yeah, we are, absolutely. Six for six. I mean, credit to Mike Vrabel for sticking with him. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, he's been solid since. Since that Um, week one performance. Yeah, he's actually really pulled it out the bag, I think it's fair to say. Uh, he said himself after the game, quote, I had my back up against the wall, just kind of the emotions and feelings I never had before. And uh, to just keep my head down and have some good results over the last two weeks definitely means a lot. And I think he's right. I think when you get into that position, which he's not been in before, certainly with the sides he's played for, you're not going to be. So to have dealt with that sort of pressure which you won't have felt and, c- and come through is, is is remarkable really really impressive yeah absolutely um, two of the notes on this game for me Derek Henry had the single biggest leap I've ever seen into the end zone for one of his <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely fantastic Just, I, I am now fully convinced that he has trampolines like hidden on the pitch he can jump on something <laughs> like that because that's the only way you can explain it and also by the way the, the Titans picked off Kirk Cousins on one play, and Clowney had a penalty that moved them out of field goal range. If he hadn't had the penalty, it would have they would have been in field goal range. But he really foolish, stupid penalty he gave away moved them out of field goal range. They ended up having to punt. Idiot. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day because the Tennessee Titans are three and zero. They host the Pittsburgh Steelers next week. The Minnesota Vikings are zero and three, and they travel to the Houston Texans. Speaking of the Steelers and the Texans, out of interest, Houston Texans 21, Pittsburgh Steelers 28, Ben Roethlisberger through for 237 yards and two touchdowns to give the Steelers their first 3-0 record since the 2010 season, which was their last trip to the Super Bowl. James Conner had a good game on the ground, rushing for 109 yards, whilst Eric Ebron led the Steelers in receiving whilst getting his first touchdown in black and gold. By the way, the, the picture... Before and after the game of the three Watt brothers standing together, having their picture taken, and JJ Watt um, saying it starts in the backyard, absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for the for the Steelers, it was a, it was a game of two halves. To be honest, there was uh, I, I I didn't enjoy the first half as a Steelers fan. I did enjoy Juju um, being in like eighty five million acres of space. <laughs> For his um, touchdown, but we talked about the Rams earlier and how wide open the Bills got. This was like ten times more than that. <laughs> it's like you just saw him. It's like you don't know how he gets that wide open. I think one one defender was playing man to man, and the other was playing zone. And clearly, they weren't aware of, of um, 
who was playing what because Juju just ran across the field and was completely left alone and thrown the touchdown. But the Steelers' defense in the first half was really questionable. I, I said on our chat that they seem to not be aware that you are meant to try the defense on third down, like <laughs> like you are meant to actually pressure them still, because every time it went to third down, the Steelers just gave up the necessary yardage for the Texans to get the first down. You can say Deshaun Watson's great all you want, but that shouldn't be happening every single time. And on that, after that juju catch, it's almost like the Steelers felt so bad that the Texans <laughs> had allowed them to like march straight up the field and score like that. But they decided to let them do it back. And we the Texans that. just went pass, 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 <laughs> touchdown. And it was really frustrating. The secondary have got so many questions. I'm really concerned about the secondary for Steelers. However, the second half, so much better. We changed the defence. We played more aggressively. We pressured more. It worked brilliantly, and that's why we ended up winning. The second half, the Texans had just 51 yards and two first downs. It was absolutely laughable. And, of course, at the end of the game, I think it was Mike Hilton... Um, got the interception when it was 21-20. The Steelers marched straight down the field, score, get two points on the end as well. Then get a three and out immediately for Texans punt, which, by the way, should the Texans be punting down seven with three minutes to go? No. No, I think it was four from five as well. So oh, it, that's might be four from nine. But still, yeah, not great either way. And then the Steelers able to run out the clock. Like I said, the secretary was worrying. Devin Bush looked a bit lost at points. So I'm still not fully convinced about the Steelers side. If you if you were to ask me to rank all the three and O sides in the NFL, and I know I'm going to sound incredibly spoiled when I say <laughs> this, especially when two co-presenters are a Dolphins fan and, and a Giants fan. But <laughs> if you asked me to rank the three and O sides, I would not put the Steelers top. They would probably be in the I don't know how many 3-0 sides are left of a 5. Four, you are the most spoiled. No, I was going to say in the bottom joking. half, but that doesn't mean much if it's only 4. No. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there are still big worries about this side. Um, Neil Coolong, though, the Steelers have allowed exactly 29 yards rushing in two of their three games this season. And one of them was against Saquon Barkley. <laughs> so... That's, that's very impressive, for The rush sure. defence is actually really good. The pass defence, eh, not so much. Deshaun Watson, this is from Cron Brian Smith on Twitter. Deshaun Watson has been sacked 152 times since his 2017 Week 1 debut. He has played 44 games. 152 times in 44 games. How much would you say is that down to him and how much would you say is that down to Oh, his? no, it's entirely down Sorry to his Sorry excuse of an O-line, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's entirely down to his O-line. By the way, if I can get the right, the right way around, David Carr, I think, of the Texans, still holds the record for most sacks in a single season, which I think was something like 77. Uh, can't, I can't. There are no words to describe that, really. Yeah. Wow. That's unreal. By the way, David Carr, the backup quarterback for Eli Manning when they beat the Patriots in that um, 08 Super Bowl. Was it 08? Was it? Yeah, 08. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh. Yeah. Should we still be kind to the Texans? Because yes, they're 0 3, but they have taken on the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, who are, who are now combined 8 and 1. Could be 9 and 0 if. If the Ravens and Chiefs hadn't played each other. 
yeah, I think there's a certain, not an asterisk uh, by it, for sure, but when you're playing those opponents, that's, uh, it's not only difficult, but your morale is going to go down when you find yourself 0-3 and you don't feel like you can do anything about it. You know, I thought Deshaun Watson was having quite a good game in that in that first half. Um, you really tried to sort of push him and put pressure on him and hemming him and he, he just wouldn't, you know, wouldn't go. And then, like you say, yeah. still to sort of go back to the, the default, really, which is, okay, we're just going to attack now and have that massive energy and see what happens. Mm. I don't think... I'm not sure how much you can actually take from the first three games. And actually, in them, they've looked really solid in parts. So yeah, I want to yeah. I want to see... I do want to see the Texans play weaker opposition and see if they can come out. And when they're a little bit more comfortable, what can they do then? But I wouldn't be surprised if they, they put a couple of wins on the board in the next few weeks uh, without yeah. such tough opposition. Yeah, and by the way, on the flip side of that, the Steelers... Three opponents are now 0-9. So the Steelers have been beating up on some weak opposition. And by the way, last two games have been points where they haven't looked entirely convincing. On the flip side of that, um, Big Ben's numbers after three games, seven touchdowns and 777 yards, which proves absolutely definitely that the stairway to seven is confirmed and the Steelers <laughs> will win the Super Bowl. And that's just a fact now at this point. Did I think you say stairway to seven? Yeah, that's what it's called, the Stairway to Seven. Is that a seven. thing? Yeah, oh. Stairway to Seven. We've, we have used that term on this show before. Granted, it was talking about the Patriots and the inevitability of them winning their seventh Lombardi last year, which, ha! But still. <laughs> the Houston Texans are 0-3. They host the Minnesota Vikings next week. The, I'm going to enjoy saying this, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 3-0. and I'm going to say that again. The Pittsburgh Steelers are three and oh, and they travel to the Tennessee Titans. Could you sound smugger? I don't think so. <laughs> well, the reason I'm being so overly happy here is because we're gonna have to go through this next game. So just I'm just gonna embrace the happiness for a bit. Sure. <sighs> right, fine, play the clip. If the Cardinals go three and oh, what does that mean for them? Uh, they the look AFC, strong. They look really uh, strong. Not, sorry, not the AFC. The NFC West gets even more Thunderdome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they'll do it then. I wonder. The 0-2 Detroit Lions travel to the 2-0 Arizona Cardinals. I am locking Cardinals. I mean, I'm yeah. going Cardinals, but... Yeah, no, I mean, obviously the Cardinals. Yes. <sighs> Detroit Lions 26, Arizona Cardinals 23. I I do you not know, I just don't like this sport anymore. I don't like the locks. I don't like predicting. I just, <laughs> I'm cancelling the podcast. <laughs> Would you like the pain to stop, Alex? Yeah. A Matt Praterfield goal as time expired. Drop the Arizona Cardinals out of a perfect record group. Drop it to two and one in a loss to the Lions. Kyle Murray threw three interceptions and a pass rating of seventy-two point three. Matt Stafford's rate of one hundred and nineteen stopped the Lions' eleven-game losing streak. I really wanted to complain about the Lions and complain about ownership and the GM and and that guy, Matt Patricia, I remembered his name now, and I was going to talk about Terry Bradshaw's comments before the game about how everyone needs to be sacked and saying it was completely right, and how the Cardinals were looking really good and energetic and young and had tons of potential and couldn't make the <laughs> Super Bowl if it worked hard enough and how the NC West was going to be great and it's all gone to poop. 
was, oh. I mean, no, because it's still exceptionally valid. Um, this is an Arizona Cardinal side. I think we're forgetting. We which... lost the Lions. Yes, and that you don't live that down, really, do you? Let's be fair. But still, it's not like they went out and beat even a mid sort of ranked side. This is the Cardinals we've talked about, which aren't, which I've been very, very underwhelmed with. Uh, truth be told, but yeah, imagine being the team that Matt Stafford and the Lions actually beat. Like that's that's that would keep you up at night. Yeah. By the way, we're going to do a segment last week called called Bold Predictions. And I was like, sure. I was, and my, my, my bold prediction was going to be the Super Bowl is being held at Raymond James Stadium this year in Tampa. And the last time Tampa hosted the Super Bowl, it was the Steelers against the Cardinals, the um, San Antonio Holmes catch, uh, and Kurt Warner against Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers, second Lombardi with Big Ben, their sixth as a franchise. And I thought, I was going to say my bold prediction was going to be that it was going to be a Super Bowl rematch, and there will be the Steelers-Cardinals again. Thank God we didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yes. Um, I'm old enough to remember when the Cardinals were half decent. Um, no. Uh, it's... They were half decent, about 2015-ish. Yeah. Carson ex- Palmer, Life Fitzgerald. Exactly. Bruce um, But they, I feel like they're a side that's quietly declined, if you, if you understand that they've not had... I wouldn't say quietly declined so much as completely collapsed since Arians and Carson Palmer left. That's her, but we don't hear as much about them oh, as yeah, we do say the... Um, yeah, but sure, the struggles Dallas have had, for example. Yeah. Um, or the Patriots rebuild and how they're supposed to be awful now when they're not, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I feel like comparatively, the, the Cardinals gone under the radar. Um, but if if there was one criticism of DeAndre Hopkins sure. when he played for the Texans, it's that Deshaun Watson relied on him too much and would just use him as an escape, and it meant that he wasn't developing as a quarterback, and you know would. He couldn't just rely on one player. And we're seeing it again in Arizona. Kyler Murray just looked abysmal in this game. We were talking about him as a potential long-shot MVP candidate last week. That has flown out the window. Oh, Very sure. mad. He didn't play well against Washington in particular. But we accept that players, because they're not Russell Wilson, are going to have bad games from time to time. Again, the pass, just seems to, pass game seems to be too dependent on DeAndre Hopkins. And as soon as he fails, you might as well write off the game. Yeah. I mean, what was he? 137 yards, 10 passes. Uh, yeah. But he, he he had a good game. But the issue is that they just as soon as DeAndre Hopkins is not open, they, they might as well just kneel. That's almost like. half your yardage for DeAndre Hopkins, which yeah. is it's not acceptable. You can't have that sort of reliance on one player and expect to do particularly well. I know. Um, the whole Brady Edmund thing will come in, and yes, they did exceptionally well, but that's still not a position you want to be in. Um, <sighs> yeah, and I mean, if if there's if there's one suitable comparison, it is actually the Cardinals when Larry Fitzgerald did all the heavy lifting. Sure, so yeah, that's fair. Just keeps happening to this side, but yeah. And, what, no, what are our hopes now for the Cardinals? I don't have hopes for the Cardinals. That's they are non-existent. Answer, yeah. Um. I think they need to stop having so much reliance, like you say, on DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Kyler Murray. I'm, I'm not sure. I think everything we said about him, there's there's not much more to be said. Is there particularly, but 
they need more options in that wide receiver core for sure. Um, what do we think about Matt Patricia now? Because like, he's what ten and twenty four and yeah. one. I mean, this is going to help him, isn't it? But, yeah, I, I mean, thought I... his seat was getting rather warm. Yeah, it depends what your view on what your views on the Arizona Cardinals are. Because, like we said last week, we thought probably a good playoff contender. Um, Kyler Murray is looking really confident and positive, and even when he plays poorly, they are able to get wins and. If, if you view them in that sort of light, then this is a very impressive win, and it means that he definitely deserves until the end. I mean, he'd probably give him until the end of the season anyway, because I don't see how a mid-season change is going to help here. That's fair. He's not as catastrophic, in my mind anyway, as, say, Gase or Dan Yes, Quinn. but this is Gase run about. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a low bar to get over, but he does clear it. It'll yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean... Uh, the Lions have got New Orleans um, at home next week, so uh, excuse me. <laughs> no, I, I'm not optimistic for that game, put it that way, but then again, I'm for not sure. optimistic about the New Orleans Saints either, so <laughs> great, great for all of them. But yeah, he's probably going to get until the end of the season now, and Arizona, mm, they have to have a good performance next week, they have to have a very good performance. Uh, yes, they do. They need to. Yeah. Okay, they're two and one. They need to what? put this swiftly to bed if they're gonna yeah. try and do anything. But like you say, I don't particularly have hope for that. When when you add this to the performance, not the result, but the performance against Washington, then this yeah. is quite worrying. The Detroit Lions are one and two. They host the New Orleans Saints next week. The Arizona Cardinals are two and one. They travel to the Carolina Panthers. Now we're going to go into our segment called New York getting obliterated. San Francisco 49ers, 36 for New York Giants, 9. A wounded 49ers side had no problems disposing of New York Giants side who are looking down the barrel of another lost season. Nick Mullins replaced Jimmy Garoppolo well with 343 passing yards whilst rookie Brandon Ayuk had 70 yards through the air. Daniel Jones could only muster up a pass rating of 56.6 with an interception and a fumble. Before we let Will have his little piece, which... He sent me under the file name giantsuck.mp3. Um, nice. We've got to say it with a final score of 36 to 9. The 49ers and Giants have achieved Scorigami! You love to see it, lads. You love you to really... see it. <laughs> this, I mean, no surprise about the, the 49ers here. We'll, we'll um, let Will have his piece. Yeah, for sure. Is well. This team is an embarrassment. After a decisive but understandable loss against a great Steelers offense in Week 1, and a disappointing if close game in Week 2 against the Bears, we played the 49ers. Now normally I'd expect this to be a fairly, you know, depressingly awful game because, hey, it's the San Francisco 49ers, they went to the Super Bowl. But then the 49ers got injured, and they got injured bad. No Nick Bosa, no Raheem Mostert, no Jimmy Garoppolo, no George Kittle. I mean, come on, they have nothing. But somehow we lose to the 49ers' backups worse than we did the starting roster of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the starting roster of the Chicago Bears. We get absolutely embarrassed on a depressing level. This isn't even a loss that you can feel good about. This is 
we suck and we'll be fighting the Jets for the number one pick in the NFL draft. And honestly, at this point, I don't even think we can afford to draft Trevor Lawrence because if we draft him with no O-line, no receivers, and honestly, depending on what ends up happening with Saquon, probably not a good running back either, then he's just going to get slaughtered, you know? You know, I, I earlier I when I was talking with, with Alex, I was talking about how, oh, you know, uh, Joe Burrow looks better. Maybe it is time to pull the trigger on Trevor Lawrence and, and, you know, see if we can get him. But at the same time, I don't think that that's the right move mostly because I think that, you know, even though Joe Burrow does look better than Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow also has, you know, uh, Higgins, he has green around him, he has more weapons than Daniel Jones has. You know, his O-line isn't great, but at least he has wide receivers. I mean, who do we have? Darius Slayton, who's maybe a deep threat when he feels like it. Evan Ingram, honestly, one of the biggest failures at tight end I can even you know, imagine. We have Golden Tate, who probably at this point should be retired. And, you know, we had Devonta Freeman, I guess. I, he didn't really show up. I mean, look, when, when Daniel Jones is our leading rusher over the past few games, then we have a serious issue. And, you know, we don't even have a center this year. We have a, a converted tackle starting at center because our actual center got injured or is sitting out the season. I don't actually know. But, you know, the point is, this team is bad. And I think that the one solution at this point isn't to fire Joe Judge. It may not even be time to draft Daniel Jones's replacement. What it is time to do is to fire David Gettleman. He has been general manager of this team for years, aside from Evan Ingram, all of the players on this team are his choice, and aside from Andrew Thomas, none of them have worked out particularly well for us. You know, he decided to take Saquon Barkley at two. That's cool, but at the same time, in that draft, we had a bunch of other teams behind us, hungry teams who were willing and wanted to trade up to our spots. You know, the Bills were willing to offer us a haul and we didn't take them. And instead, we overvalued the running back position. And this, this is what David Gettleman has done consistently throughout his tenure as general manager. He has overvalued positions, you know, even drafting Daniel Jones at number six. No one was even thinking about Daniel Jones before any of this happened. No one was thinking about Daniel Jones before... You know, but before the draft, because he wasn't projected to go in the first round. It's just baffling that his philosophy is so out of date. And, and you know, some of this is also on the fact that the Giants have refused for the longest time to get any form of analytics on board. They have refused to create a team that is based on good practice for the modern NFL. And until we start to do that, until we have that culture change and a new GM in charge of rebuilding the roster again, we're going to continue to be an awful team. Yeah, thanks, Will. And yeah, <laughs> I I don't know what to say about this team anymore. I'm not sure. It's I can relate to Will, I guess, in that 
we have pain with our football teams, but um, I, I always feel <laughs> At like... At least you have some hope. Mm, vaguely, perhaps. Possibly. It's it's fading, though, so we, we can be in pain together, Will. It's okay. <laughs> By the way, I, I did like someone pointed this out on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but there's a good chance the 49ers win more games at MetLife this year than any other team at two. <laughs> That's that's not entirely outside the realms of possibility. That's completely no. fair. No, Jordan Ranan, and sorry about my pronunciation, but Jordan Ranan, clearly this will only turn up the heat on GM Dave Gettleman. The Giants are nine and twenty-six since he took over, and they won't be playing a meaningful December game once again. In fact, they won't even be playing a meaningful October game this year. Spot on. The San Francisco 49ers are 3-0. and They host the Philadelphia Eagles on the Sunday Night Football. Who decided that should be a primetime game as well? Jeez, the same person who put yeah. the but Falcons on primetime. He's been fired. <laughs> yes. Probably. The New York Giants are 0-3. They travel to the Los Angeles Rams. New York Jets 7. Indianapolis Colts 36. Fun time <laughs> to New York today. New York. New York is the taking a doom. battering. I uh, mean, the yeah. Jets, the Jets. Um, the only reason I didn't say they'd be the most underwhelming at the start of the season is because underwhelming implies you have hope for them, yeah, is it not? That's fair. You'll be surprised to hear that um, in my power rankings, I've stayed at 32nd for the <gasps> third su- successive week. What? But no. the Jets are doomed. Sam Darnold threw three interceptions, conceded a safety, and had a pass rating of just. 47 in a humiliating but, but, loss to the but Alex, Alex, Adam Gase has come out and said that Sam Darnold's a real threat and that you can do lots with him. And that means a lot because, as we know, Adam Gase is a brilliant offensive mind. Obviously. <laughs> Frank Gore was the lead rookie for the Jets with 57 yards, which just great. A 500-year-old being your leading rusher. On the other side, Philip Rivers had a pass rating of 125.6. Nice. Not going to sugarcoat it. Gase needs to be fired. I mean, yes. It, any, I'd just love to know why he hasn't gone yet. That's the more surprising well, thing. Well, here's the thing. According to NFL update, um, high-level Jets executives are monitoring the situation and have said that a loss against the Broncos on Thursday night could pretty much be it for him. I mean, Which, how, that... how it requires a loss to the Broncos is beyond me. Yeah, same. Is this the and same even... monitoring the situation yeah. that um, we have when Man United want to sign anybody and then they don't and we're constantly monitoring the situation? Are you monitoring Jaden Sancho still? We've been monitoring him for the last 37 years. Like... <laughs> I love that idea because, like, I don't know how old his, his mum is, but this is the idea that you're monitoring her. <laughs> <laughs> Before he's even been born. <laughs> anyway, um, Sam Darnold, he, he, he had some good plays in this game. I'll give him credit where credit's due. But again, whenever he makes a mistake, it's usually a rookie one. The Jets can't recover. And it feels like these are the sort of things that should have been coached out of him, which haven't been. Nope. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what to make about Sam Darnold still. I don't think you can give a meaningful analysis on Sam Darnold yet because of the fact that Adam Gase is that bad and the team is that bad that you cannot say he's good you can't say he's bad you can't say he's going to be a great player you can't say he's a catastrophe you can't say anything no not really not out of context anyway i'd like to see him if the jets either got their act together or he had yeah. an o-line and a 
receiving core around him that let him do anything. Which, but... let's face it, he might not get the chance because it looks like right now the Jets are going to have the first overall pick and Trevor Lovins, maybe. Yeah, it's... So, I, I personally, if I, I know it'd be bold, but I think if they do get that first pick, they should trade out for King's Ransom because their, their issue is not just at the quarterback position. No, it's not. Um, also, they've got yes issues. On. They've yeah. got issues all over their their roster, really, and they're, they're comfortably the worst team in the NFL. And you don't have those sorts of sorts of issues if you've only got, say, your quarterback's an issue or your running back or your O line. There's yeah. there's holes all over that. So yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised actually if well, say I wouldn't be surprised they should just trade in and get you know, a variety of higher level picks that aren't the first and really put some yeah. some paper over those cracks, I guess. Also, Mackay Beckton is now injured, so... Fun times in New York today. New York. New York. I mean, I'd say at least we're not Detroit, but Detroit have a win now, so... Yeah, so... On the other side of the ball, you can't say anything about the Colts from this game. Or actually from their previous game, because they've just played against two teams who played appallingly and are dreadful. No. They'll be more than happy to be 2-1, though. Oh, absolutely. At the end of the day, you can only beat what's in front of you, as the old saying goes. These, they they won comfortably. I guess you'd almost be disappointed you conceded seven points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this doesn't really tell us an awful lot. Go on to the next game. Um, I won't do that thing again, Alex. I'll let you say who the cops got next. <laughs> I'm um, so offended. <laughs> so offended. But um, as that opponent is a more formidable opposition, you can tell more about their what they're going to do this season from that. I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. The New York Jets are 0 and 3. They host the Denver Broncos on Thursday night football. I'm so glad that's a Thursday night football game. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to watch that. The Indianapolis Colts are 2-1-1. On they travel to the Chicago Bears. Green Bay Packers 37. New Orleans Saints 30. Drew Brees went for 288 yards with a passer rating of 127.8. Was not enough for the Saints as the Packers stunned the Superdome to go 3-0. and oh. That was despite keeping Evan Jones in check with just 69 yards on the ground. More than the even quieter Alvin Kamara with just 6 rushing attempts. Five of which only went for a combined five yards. The Saints are dreadful. I don't know who's going to win the NFC South. It's probably going to be the Bucks by default. But when you keep Aaron Jones in check and you still lose to a Devante Adamless Packers, give up. What are you even doing? I had this team going winning the NFC this year. I feel stupid. <laughs> you have Emmanuel Sanders. You have Alvin Kamara. Bad Alvin Kamara again. The best wide receiver on the Saints, which shouldn't be happening. It's the hallmark of a bad team. I, yeah, Saints doomed, hopeless. They better get Michael Thomas back fast, because otherwise they're finished. And by the way, Drew Brees might have had good stats, but he looked every one of his 41 years. Or 40. I don't even know how old he is. Yeah. He's a crap. <laughs> Give up. <laughs> Sorry. It's one way of saying it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, we talk, we talk about the um, the Cowboys being underwhelming, but the Saints are really pushing them at this point, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah. It's in a good terms fight of, for that title. This is a New Orleans Saints side who should have been up there for those contending for the Lombardi this season. Mm. Should have been. Yeah. And they are looking nothing like that. 
Um, I can't see past the Chiefs again this uh, this year, but that's beside yeah. the point. New Orleans should have been pressuring them. They should be right up there. They should be 3-0, and they're not. I, I said this side were going to win the NFC. And was, I mean, let's face it, now looking back at it, maybe hindsight's twenty twenty, but it one Alvin Kamara-less performance against the Bucks, and they would have been 0-3, which wouldn't have been particularly out there for how they've been playing. No, not at all. Mm. Is it just uh, Aaron Rodgers' pure fury and anger that he's dragging <laughs> Green Bay, kicking and screaming um, through the NFC? Um, actually, in fairness, I, I've quite liked how they've been playing. Um, like you say, they didn't have some, their, their best weapon um, on show and uh, Rodgers, you know, actually came out um, he threw long, he threw short. Um, Who did he, he even of... throw to? Because I can't name a single wide receiver who is not injured. Um, yeah, Alan Lazard. Oh, Alan Lazard. Oh, yeah. Okay, I, 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 I will at least say I know who that person is. Uh, six passes for 146 yards. Tonyan. Who's Tonyan? Who's Sternberger? <laughs> These are all genuine people who they threw to. Mm. M. Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. I've never heard of any of these. Oh, Alan no. Jones. I've heard of Alan Jones. I would hope so. It's your favourite um, wide receiver in the league, Jamal Will. Oh, he's running back, never mind. Um, is your favourite wide receiver in the league, Tyler. Uh, no, he's also running back. We've got lots <laughs> of running backs, it turns out. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rogers came out after the game and said he really liked the timing on, on certain calls. Um, and that other times you have to just dig deep and uh, trust the players around him. And I think he did. Um, Rodgers looks different this season, I think it's fair to say. Mm. And this is a guy who, on his day, is right up there with the likes of Russell Wilson and um, Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, excited to see what Green Bay will do further in the season. I'm I'm still just mad that I said the Saints would win the NFC. I just... (laughs) I'm an idiot. The Green Bay Packers are free and oh, they host the Atlanta Falcons on Monday Night Football. If, if they don't win that game now, I will be so confused. The New Orleans Saints are 1 and 2. Just quit. Wow. And <laughs> if they don't beat the Detroit Lions, they are oh, just just delete the team, lads. Um, <laughs> five matches, five minutes, Las Vegas Raiders, 20, New England Patriots, 36. Max Crosby doesn't isn't a special teams specialist, and it, it really showed on that punt where he jumped offside by about 85 million miles about five hours early. Okay. Um, I'd loved, by the way, Rex Burkhead leaping and tumbling into the end zone. There was one play where he leapt... Like in this weird somersaulty fashion, it was absolutely fantastic. Another one in which he just like roly poly did his way in, it was fantastic. Is that the uh, technical term? That is absolutely the technical term. Learned and um, taught to me by the great um, Don Shula himself. <laughs> by the way, interesting fact and um, these are two head coaches who have been traded, being John Gruden and Bill Belichick in their careers. Can't remember when Bill Belichick was traded, that came courtesy of around the NFL. But John Gruden obviously got traded from the Raiders to the Bucks, which was a fantastic decision for for the Raiders. Well, well done with that one. Belichick was he traded to the Patriots from the Jets? Maybe I don't know. Um, Maybe not really sure. Just because I'm pretty sure the Jets wouldn't have accepted his resignation, and then they would have <laughs> had to agree something with the Patriots. Out of interest, 
The Raiders kicked a field goal in the fourth quarter, down 13, on fourth and five from the seven to go down 10. Cowards. Why? That's uh, that's horrendous. If, you if your do defense that. is like the Steelers times 25 million, or like the 09 Steelers, or the 08 Steelers, I should say, or the Steel Curtain, or the Purple People Eaters, maybe, maybe. But but they're not. They're, they're very much the Raiders' defense of 2020. And that makes it even more confusing. Yeah, no, it does. And that's what, cowardly what, what, beyond all how. What have you got to lose? I don't. I'm a bit bemused with that. Yeah, they deserved a loss at that point. And by the way, John Gruden's face mask. No, <laughs> you're still not doing it right. He's gonna say, "Why am I still getting fined? I don't get it." He looked like he had a g-string on his bloody face. <laughs> that's the only way I can describe it. Either he hadn't put it on properly, or it wasn't actually a mask at all. It was actually a G-string. Yeah, probably. Welcome to, by the way, the very kid-friendly NFL Blitz. NFL Blitz. <laughs> yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders are 2-1. and one. They host the Buffalo Bills. The New England Patriots are 2-1. and one. They travel to the Kansas City Chiefs. Carolina Panthers 21. Los Angeles Chargers 16. Matt Rule gets his first win in the NFL as a head coach. Could have not happened because that hook and ladder was so close. If Keenan Allen... Throws it properly. We're talking about one of the all-time greatest plays. I'm wow. putting Justin Herbert in the Hall of Fame already, but... No, never mind. Anthony Lynn has also now come out and admitted that Justin Herbert had a good game against the Chiefs, which he didn't want to after the Chiefs game, because he said, you shouldn't be taking moral victories. But, I mean, he played okay. He can only do what he can do, so to speak. Um, the guy's not... Yeah. You know. Deserve sympathy. For sure. Not as much as Tyrod Taylor for, you know, having a punctured lung, but whatever. It's good, though, that the Panthers have finally got into the wing column. I don't think they're as bad as their record may have suggested it was, but optimism. Optimism's fair. Um, truthfully, I, I think they're about right with their records. I'm not going to lie. They've... Yeah, yeah. But it's as in they have still been over. They've been a bit of a punching bag, have they not? And I yeah. don't think that's entirely fair. I think you're right there. But Justin Herbert has come in after that blunder, which I'm still trying to get my head around, truth be told. And he's done well. Like you say, I say you don't want to claim moral victories, but that's not claiming moral victory. That's saying he did well with the preparation and the options available to him. Um, and I still don't think he had a particularly bad game uh, this weekend. Yeah. I will say it was a bit of an injustice for the Carolina Panthers. It's not good, great as they are. Were had the same record as the New York Jets. Like, they are a class apart from the New York Jets. I mean, to be but fair. Again, I guess a peewee football team also would be a class yeah. apart. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers are 1 and 2. They host the Arizona Cardinals next week. The Los Angeles Chargers are 1 and 2. They travel to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Washington football team 20. Cleveland Browns 34. Reddit user 84 Cressida. Today's game between the Browns and Washington is the first time two teams faced each other with no logos on their helmets since Browns at Steelers on October 28th, 1962. Wow. This is the content you need. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, the brand over 500 for the first time since 2014. That's 84 straight games. That's one, that's madness. And two, I'm seeing Dwayne Haskins throw three interceptions in this game. Yeah, which and, is and all of them were amateur. Horrific. Um, okay, 224 yards, two touchdowns, but that's just inefficient. No, it's more than inefficient. It's just lackluster and unprofessional, frankly. Um, yeah. That's not, not every day you see that sort of stat. Um, 58.8 passer rating. I tell you what, but I do quite like that um, Antonio Gibson, who I believe was their third round pick this year, right? Yeah, he had a good game. Um, I mean, forty nine yards for nine carries. It's not stellar and a touchdown, but it's he looked promising. I think oh it's fair God. to say he was born on the twenty third of June nineteen ninety eight. So he's only a few months older than me. Help! We don't like that. We are sickened by the fact that NFL players are now getting to our age. That's yeah. not okay. By the way, mandatory reference here, I am older than Kylian Mbappe. As am I. It is not yeah. a pleasant thing. No, it really isn't. The Washington football team are 1-2. and two. They host the Baltimore Ravens. The, and get ready for this, Cleveland fans. Are you ready? You've been waiting for this for a long time. The Cleveland Browns are 2-1. and one. <gasps> Unbelievable winning record. They travel to the Dallas Cowboys. Same record as the Ravens. <laughs> this is when you know the Matrix is broken and our alien overlords are going to somehow rectify it. 2020, y'all. Yep. Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28, Denver Broncos 10. Come on down South Park and I have myself time. Friendly faces everywhere. I'm a fan. In addition to 5,700 or so live socially distanced fans, the Broncos had the entire town of South Park in the stands today. Every <laughs> single character from the show. That comes from Benjamin Albright. Um, that was incre- I, I, I'll be honest, that's the best part of this game. Don't need to talk about anything else. South Park. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Um, actually, we will say a few more things. Congrats to those <laughs> who guessed Brett Ripian. Ripian? Ripian? Would be the quarterback for the Broncos today. My favourite. Your favourite? Yeah, by the way, if you are a student at the University of York, then feel free to come down to Ripian Sock, where we talk about all our favourite stories about Brett Ripian. <laughs> are we ratified at the moment? I mean, I, yeah. I know you're president and I am a... Uh... Uh, treasurer and social secretary, but yeah. like, yeah. Oh, I should. I totally should have done a fake advert. This episode of the NFL Blitz is brought to you by Vipian Sock. sock. <laughs> Come down to Vipian Sock to talk about Brett Vipian and all things um, to do with our favourite quarterback in the NFL. So we are expecting a hundred memberships at least. Yeah. The and... number of fake societies I have set up during my time either on URY or for these podcasts is. Um, I should. I should. Go back through everything I've done and, and get a full list of them. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember, we we wanted a quiz on a beautiful game about um, Chinese football and its links to English football. And there was a team in like the second tier who I decided I wanted to set up a society of at the university, and I can't remember who it was. But anyway, Tampa's defense looked good. It might actually be one of the best in the league. And Brady is finally looking better now. He's making much better throws. I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, um, three touchdowns, 297 yards. That's solid numbers. He was efficient as well. Yeah, no no yeah. complaints. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 2-1. and one. They host the Los Angeles Chargers. The Denver Broncos are 0-3. Oh, they travel to the New York Jets on the Thursday night football. 
Cincinnati Bengals 23, Philadelphia Eagles 23. A tie? Boo! We, we don't, don't do like ties. ties. We don't do ties. We don't do ties. Don't it do always sense. reminds me of that Ted Lasso commercial for NBC. If you uh, tried to end a game in a tie in the United States, that would go down in Revelations as one of the reasons for the apocalypse. <laughs> Don't know where that accent is from. Uh, the Eagles, by the way, on that field goal attempt at the end. Good God. It's like they were rigging the game and wanted to not win. I mean, wow. 59 yards, hard enough in the beginning, but then you get a, was it, neutral zone infraction, offside, something like false start, I think it was. Sure. And then that pushes it back to 64, they just ended up punting. And the Bengals were like, we can't be bothered to just run a, a draw play and just... Boring. Just note goal, it, goal, yeah. Goal. yeah. Neither of these teams deserve a win. By the way, that helmet hit on Joe Burrow, I thought was arguably grounds for an ejection. But nobody else seems to think it was grounds for an ejection, but I think it was. I mean, Joe Burrow's kept his side from losing, I guess. Yeah. Like... Yay. By the way, Jalen Hurts came in um, partway through this game. And great news to Carson Wentz and the Eagles. If you're feeling a bit down with how the, how the season starts started, you now have the 49ers, Steelers and Ravens in your next three games. So, good luck with that. How the, is this a side that won the Super Bowl in the last couple of years? I don't know. B. D. N. Okay. That's why. The Cincinnati Bengals are... I feel sick reading this. I'm going to feel sick. The Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2-1. And, <laughs> and host for Jacksonville Jaguars next week. The Philadelphia Eagles are 0-2-1. I hate you! And travel to the 49ers on the Sunday Night Football. As mentioned earlier, Josh went 13-2 and in his predictions. Will 10-5, and as did myself. I'm the only one who got an incorrect lock. That means the current standings, Josh 34 and 13, Will 32 and 15, I'm 32 and 15, Josh and Will 3 and 0 on their locks, I'm 1 and 2. A quick time to preview the Denver Broncos at the New York Jets, don't worry. Sure. But, you know, it just screams Thursday Night Football. Carl Newman of the Denver Post, um, Vic Fangio said on Monday that Philip Lindsay is trending in the right direction to suit up Thursday in New York, which actually could be a big decisive factor for them. Um, Jameson Crowder for the New York Jets is a game-time decision, and only question, does Gase get fired if they lose? I want to say yes, but considering he hasn't been fired already... Yeah, it's a good um, mm, ah, My head says surely, but my gut says he'll cling on by the skin of his fingernails. It does feel at least this time that they are sort of talking about sacking him now, which hasn't happened before. That That is true. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to predicting then. The 0-3 Denver Broncos. Travel to the 0-3 New York Jets. I'm taking the Broncos win. As am I, because I have a brain cell. <laughs> this is Just when the Jets actually get a win. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are so playing this again. But... I haven't asked Will yet, but I'm just going to say he went for the for the Bronco. Should we say he goes to the Jets and just not ask yes. him? <laughs> yes. No, no. So, uh, knowing Will as personally as we do, I feel like the Jets is the natural option for him to pick. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Quick time for the news. The Las Vegas Raiders are under investigation after unauthorised locker room access, um, breaking coronavirus protocols, um, allowing people into the locker room which they shouldn't have, and other things that my phone does not want to tell me because um, the, the story won't load. 
Yeah, nice. allowing unauthorised locker room access um, during the win against the Saints on the Monday Night Football. So, um, that's oh, great, isn't it? By the way, John Gruden's feel he had coronavirus, and yet he's still not taking it seriously, so good for him. Should I just... And would get copyrighted to how, but should I just try and get a picture of, of him wearing his face mask and make that the picture for the episode? <laughs> I, mean, I won't yes, because we'd get we copyrighted yeah. to how, but still. Um, in more serious news, actually, I don't know how it's more serious than coronavirus, but in more serious news, Joe Montana broke off a kidnapping attempt. His nine-month-old grandson, if I remember correctly, was in the house with him, and somebody came in trying to kidnap the, the nine-month-old. Joe Montana fought him off. How do you think you'd win in the fight against Joe Cool is beyond me. Wow, there's a lot to unpack there. Other than so the fact that grandchild, not grandson. So I don't know if it's grandson or grandchild. First, but wow, I mean, one fair play and two, what idiot goes up against that guy? Hmm. Scary situation, but thankful that everybody is doing well. Um, Indeed, it's what the um, what Montana said. So yeah, now sixty-four, awful, but yeah. A female intruder entered the couple's home in Malibu Saturday evening and grabbed their sleeping grandchild. It was a bit of a tussle, and they were able to get the grandchild back, and the woman escaped. Okay, let's go into the super long seven-question, two-minute drill. Least convincing three and O team, probably Ooh. the Bears. Oh, for sure. Given on their opponents and the fact that they're the Bears, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be controversial and maybe say the Packers just based on who they faced, but. I, I don't think they're worse for the Bears. Your no, most controversial NFL opinion. Either it's impossible to say anything about Sam Darnold as a quarterback, and you shouldn't, or reviewable pass interference didn't fail because of the concept, it's because the referees wanted it to fail. Oh, wow. Um, I said the last one there is much more controversial, um, to be honest with you. Um, the one with Sam Darnold, as we discussed, I think that's fair. If not a bit... Of, I see why it's controversial in that you can only sort of judge someone on their performances and they've not been good. And also that's not how the NFL community works. For sure. Um, for mine, I'd say... I'd say teams that are historically good but are dog-awful now, such as, say, the Dolphins, are bigger than uh more newly successful sides say uh the eagles as as a club we're only talking soccer about you know be who's the bigger team all the time but i'd say even though we're still poor the dolphins are one of the biggest sides in the nfl wow um favorite episode of south park there's so many good ones my deepest and most sincere apologies alex I but you. i have never watched south park i hate you so <laughs> um, you have no friends, maybe. Um, Grounded Vindaloop, I quite liked. Um, Scott Tenerman must die. Oh, awesome! I, you're saying words at me, Alex. I know they're words. I know the English words, but other than that, I don't think the South Park movie counts as an episode, so I'm not going to say that one. But yeah, many good ones. If you could put the entire cast of a show as crowdies in an NFL stadium, what show would it be? Uh, the Good Place at Jacksonville. Nice. I win. <laughs> I, 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 that, yeah, no, fair play. Do you have one? I like that. I really like that, actually. Yes. Um, 
Oh, I always liked the good place for. I was doing a um, political philosophy module at the time with Aristotle, and yeah, and well, I, I think I philosophy. Yeah, I think I retained more of the good place as revision than I did my actual module. So there was there actually go. a good place society at the University of York, which I never went to, but seemed nice. A beautiful pre-game returns to University Radio York on October 10th. What is Get the best there, soccer boys. game from next Saturday? I mean, Alex, um, you won't agree with me. I'm saying Brighton-Everton. Um, so oh, no, it's not. It is bad. You're uncultured. Stop it. I'm uncultured, uh, am Yes. I? Yes. What's your um, championship? <laughs> no. And I'll um, tell you for um, why. Um, Brighton looked fantastic against Man United. Easily the better side. How uh, United managed to scam their way to a win after the final whistle. Um, I mean, it is... was a correct call. Yeah, that. no, it was. It was. But um, Brighton didn't deserve to lose that at all. Uh, oh. Lamptey was fantastic. And Trossard is possibly the most unlucky woodwork hitter that I've seen in recent memory. But, yeah, they looked really, really fluid against an Everton side, which Calvert-Looney's firing on all cylinders. Um, Hans Rodriguez looks fantastic. So, yeah, I think that could be quite a good game. Um, the two I would go for, Leeds versus Man City. See, I do sometimes pick Premier League games. <gasps> and also it means we get our, our Leeds weekly in. Leeds yes. reference. But also, Atleti versus Villarreal. I think Atletico Madrid are one of the more interesting sides of the league of this year. Probably the biggest challenge there is to Real Madrid. Villarreal have conducted some great business over the summer and should be expected to be at least somewhere near the Champions League places. Also, um, Real Betis taking on Valencia as well, which I'm, I'm quite a big fan of as That's well. That's fair. The MLB... Did- no, sorry, Go. did Atletico uh, win, was it 5-1 or 6-1? 6-1 uh, against Granada. Yeah. If you want to see my favourite football games on this week, go onto the weekly blitz where you can see them. I didn't put in a single game from any other sport because I just didn't want to research it. Uh, the MLB <laughs> playoffs are underway. Who do you have winning the World Series? I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, as am I, uh, the Rays look really good, actually. Um, but I still think the Dodgers have it. At the start of the season, I would have said my own Yankees, but they are awful and deserve yeah. to dissolve because they bring pain to my life. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think you can look past the Dodgers at this point. Mm. The Rays might run them close, but I don't see yeah. that happening. And the NBA Finals start this week. Who do you have between the Lakers and the Heat? I'm going to take Lakers in six. Um, ooh, ooh. the Heat aren't what they once were as well. So yeah, Lakers. Yeah, LeBron James. It's just gonna. It's his tenth NBA Finals. That man is a god. That yeah, he he sort of defies description at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, with with that question, a sort of typical question you'd expect on an NFL show. Thank you for listening. My thanks go to Josh for joining me. The intro and end music for the NFL Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod in Competech.com. We're back on Saturday to preview all games on week four of the NFL season. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good week. Like the best play in NFL history, have an immaculate one. Goodbye. <laughs>